0: Hey I'm Rachel and I'm Ruby and this is our podcast Quarter The Life Crisis. This week we'll be talking about hobbies and why people like never really have time for their hobbies anymore and just a bit of housekeeping this will be the last episode of
1: season one and our last episode of 2022 while we break for the summer so stay tuned for next episodes in 2023.
0: So as always, we're going to start off with our crisis and our win of the week. What were yours, Rach? So my crisis of the week was that like last week
1: or something I tried, I sort of went a bit too hard coming off antidepressants. So this, you know, you're not meant to just suddenly stop taking them cold turkey which is what I did, um, and, yeah, hot tip, don't do that because <laughs> I was very emotional. Yeah, and not a bad. It was not fun, just kind of, like, permanently PMSing. But oh, God. Yeah, not good. So, yeah, lesson there. Well, my GP said it was fine. She's like, oh, I'll stop taking it because I'm on a very, very low dose. Oh, okay. But, yeah, I guess she was, no. like, <laughs> anyway. So, yeah, I'm fine now, though, doing it slowly. But, yeah, I don't know, just classic medical issues. But my win of the week is that I had my first shoot as a copywriter, which was really exciting. So it was the first time going to, like, a shoot where it was my own sort of ads and my own ideas that were being brought to life. So, yeah, that was really exciting. I've been to, like, only one shoot before, but I wasn't really, like, involved and I was kind of just there to watch. But this one was, like, I got to do a bit of a directing and, yeah, it was really cool. It was really fun.
0: Nice
1: yeah out on this farm so kind of random but so fun though yeah yeah so what about you
0: um my crisis of the week is really boring it's just that I am like super tired towards the end of the year I had a very unproductive week of work and I was just so tired and I just kept napping in the afternoon because when you work for yourself you can do that and then you feel like shit because you're like oh I've done no work <laughs> so anyway I'm just really tired towards the end of the year and I'm keen for a break um, and my win of the week is, uh, for work on Monday night, I actually went to a book launch with one of my clients, um, like, to get content and stuff for him, uh, and it was, like, a networking thing as well. It was basically the book launch for Baruz Bachani, who is the guy who wrote No Friends But the Mountains, the, um, f- via, he wrote the whole book via WhatsApp from the Manus Detention Center on, like, Manus Island, um, mm-hmm. and it was, like, really famous, like, that he did that and it was like a whole thing like scott morris and peter dutton were like he'll never set foot in australia and this book launched his second book um it's the first time he's ever been in australia because he got resettled in new zealand um and so it was like they were talking about it on the night they were like haha like screw you scott morris and peter dutton because like, here. um but it's cool, because afterwards I got to meet him, and I also got to meet Richard Flanagan, who is, like, another famous Australian author, um, who I'm, like, I know that my parents are a fan of him, and I was like, I don't, I've never read his books, I didn't really know who he was. Like,
1: Richard Flanagan's, like, really famous. He wrote, um, one of my favourite books, Narrow Road to the Deep North.
0: Oh, yeah, I want to read that. It
1: was really good. Then that won the Man Booker Prize, which is, like, a yeah international yeah, yeah. prize, so... So he's like, yeah,
0: and hey, he was the nicest man. When he shook my hand, he like bowed at me. I was like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> it was really random, but I was like, "What a nice man!" <laughs> uh,
1: bless him. <laughs> I know. Anyway,
0: that was like kind of random, but like a really like the definitely like, the funnest thing I've got to do for work so far is like go to this really cool book launch with like heaps people and meet all these awesome people. It was like fun to network, you know. Mm. Um, I feel like I haven't really networked in a while, so anyway, it was really good.
1: So this week we're going to be talking about hobbies and talking about a crisis which I've definitely experienced of feeling that I never have time for my hobbies now I'm you know a bit older or feeling that I don't have any hobbies and yeah we're just going to talk about like the importance of having sort of downtime and things that you just do for yourself so yeah Ruby do you want to tell us about your hobbies and what you like to do outside work
0: yeah I have I feel like I have a good good amount of hobbies Um, But I also feel especially like I've been able to invest more time in my hobbies now I'm working for myself. But I'll talk more about that later. Um, But, yeah, I guess my hobbies include – well, this podcast is a hobby for me, which is really fun. Yeah, it is. is, This is just a hobby. We don't, like, make money or do it for any purpose except for fun. So it's great. Um, I like doing crafts of various – assortment of crafts <laughs> um like I do sewing I make earrings I do like I've started doing some like making resin things recently um I like cooking if that counts as a hobby I feel like I, I guess so yeah like baking like if you're not just cooking a
1: dinner to eat
0: yes yeah 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 like I yeah I quite like do like cooking yeah doing things like making like jam and like chili oil and stuff like that um, mm-hmm. haven't done that in a
2: while though
0: um and yeah just generally like reading gardening Playing sport, my friends, like we do social netball and social futsal. Yeah. Um, yeah, things like that. What are your hobbies, Rach?
1: Well, when I was a kid, I was like really into my sort of like activity. I think everyone is as a kid, like your life is kind of centered around it. Um, I played a lot of sport growing up, like I did. I was a roller. I played netball and basketball and I always did like the after school sports and stuff. Um, I was a big reader and yeah, I played like a lot of video games as well with my like friends. Um, but then, yeah, when I was kind of like a bit older and like a teenager, that stuff sort of became a bit uncool. I feel something I've been reflecting on more now, like how, you know, spending your whole weekend reading or like playing video games sort of wasn't really like the cool thing to do. So I would just kind of go out to like the shops with my friends or something, or like walk around Campbell. I don't know, we did weird (laughs) stuff. Um, But yeah, when COVID happened, I had like obviously a lot more time, which I really, really enjoyed having a lot of time because I was able to like get back into reading more and get back into like playing video games. Um, And then after COVID, I really sort of took up more sports, like playing netball and doing futsal, as Ruby said, and – yeah, I really like that I get to sort of feel like a kid again and do like sports training and play sports and just sort of like switch off for a bit. It's really fun. But, um, yeah, so this is probably my main things. I'm not much of a cook myself. I get quite like, I'm very bad at cooking, but, um, yeah, I, I would like to sort of pick up something else, like maybe something more creative like knitting when that's like I've like, suggested that I should knit a couple times haven't done it um like maybe something where I can like make something would be cool
0: that's fun
1: yeah or I don't know I went bouldering last weekend and that was really fun Ah, oh, nice I was really bad at it that you St- know I
0: still going to try new things
1: yeah, yeah, I'm down to trying new things, even if I'm terrible at them.
0: I feel like that's also the thing about starting new hobbies as an adult, is that everyone expects you to just, like, magically be good at something straight away. And yeah. it's, like, this weird thing in society where it's, like, if you try something and you're bad at it, you just should give up. And I feel like that's also what stops people from trying new hobbies, is because they're, like, oh, well, I'm not instantly good at something, then I just won't do it. I'm guilty yeah. of that.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think that goes back to, like, childhood stuff as well, like – when I was a kid, I was like, I was quite good at school and stuff like that. So I've held myself to like a high standard. So now if it's like when I go bouldering and I'm terrible at it, I'm just like, oh, I shouldn't do this. Yeah. Like, I'm not the best at it. So, yeah, you definitely need to like challenge that because it's just such a useless attitude hold. It gets you nowhere. Like no one is perfect at everything. Yeah,
0: definitely. 100%. Um, I feel like it's also interesting how you mentioned COVID. I feel like a lot of people picked up new hobbies in COVID because they had time and now we're probably like oh what happened to like you know all those hobbies I was doing because now we're back in the routine of like what well, we're not in lockdown anymore so we obviously like out and about more and socializing and stuff so I feel like that is also a big thing like yeah I definitely dropped like all of my hobbies as soon as lockdown was over and I was working full-time again you know like being out and about um I think the only reason that I've had more time to do my hobbies now is because I don't work nine to five and I work for myself, but honestly, still, I, <laughs> I still don't make enough time for my hobbies, I don't think.
1: Well, yeah, it's so hard um, because I find I'm just too tired to do anything. Like, say, if I have a day in the office, I find that exhausting. I get home and I sort of just want to, like, look at my phone or yeah. watch TV, which is, like, I'm not that's not a hobby for me. I don't get that much yeah. joy out of just scrolling my phone, but I don't have enough physical energy to like go do a workout class or go do something creative or like bake something interesting like having to think of something to cook for dinner is like exhausting yeah. enough
0: I think this a lot of people relate to that I think a lot of people don't do hobbies because if you work nine to five five days a week you have to like maintain a household and like do your life admin yeah. you have to spend time with friends and family you yeah like you have to like Go food shopping and all those kind of things. And, like, at the end of the day, after you've done all that, you're just exhausted and you also need time to rest. So I feel Mm -hmm. like, yeah, like, instead of, like, doing – like, I'm the same. Like, I'll just lie on the couch and watch TV and scroll on my phone in the evenings, whereas I'm like, oh, it would be so nice to have a hobby, but I don't have the energy for it. I think that's the same with, like, a lot of people. Also parents. Like, I don't know how parents have any hobbies unless, like, they force their kids to do them with them or something because, like, I don't know how they have the time or the energy.
1: Yeah, I'm quite envious of people who do a lot of stuff in their day. Like people who get up early and go to the gym or in the evenings they have a class or something or they maybe they're like studying something. I was just like maybe like studying a language in their spare time or something. I find that like really cool. But for me I just feel like I if I got up earlier I would just crash and like say if I got up at like five AM I would be done by
0: 3pm which unfortunately can't be done by 3pm. I don't know how people like that do it like get up at 5am go to the gym and then go to work all day and then do something in the evening and I'm like Mm. what tell me what drugs you're on (laughs) that makes you be able to do that. Um,
1: Yeah yeah. it feels like you can't win like it's you have such limited time it feels like I have to like give up something like
0: yeah exactly it's like you shouldn't I feel like you shouldn't have to sacrifice Yeah, like, spending time with your friends or your family if you want to, like, pursue a hobby. But obviously, everyone's got, like, their priorities in life. So, you know, there probably are a lot of people out there who prioritise their hobbies above, like, other things, which I think is great. Um, But I just think a lot of people are sad that they don't have more time for their hobbies.
1: Yeah. I I find it... Like, as I've gotten older and sort of met more guys, because I went to all-girls school, whatever. Um, yeah, like, the guys I know in my life are really good at sort of having stuff they do, like a, a team sport or, a, like, some sort of exercise routine or some sort of, like routine around like I don't know a craft or playing a game or something like I feel like I put so much pressure on myself to like the house has to be clean Mm. or I have to have a healthy meal and stuff like that or I have to see my friends which is like I mean yeah of course I want to see my friends but like I you know do I want to go to this party where I don't really like do I have to go yeah you know the host isn't really going to care but whatever so yeah I think it's like women that's sort of there's less um it's a bit less accepted to have sort of all this downtime and stuff mm. like people you know and like yeah as you said with parents like you know mums have to do so much so yeah I, I like to try and be aware of that and be like no it's okay to just like be completely selfish and like selfish isn't like I think about that a lot as selfish in a neutral way like I'm not being like oh you're so selfish like it's a negative thing like just actually looking after yourself Mm. because no one else is going to look after you. Exactly. So yeah, like you actually need downtime in your day so you can do all the other things that matter.
0: Definitely. yeah. Yeah. I also think it's interesting. I feel like as a kid, your hobbies are like prioritized and like made a part of your day. And obviously at school, you're given the opportunity to try so many things and then you can like figure out what you like. Right. But as an adult, it's just kind of assumed like, Oh, like, you know, you already know what you like and, that it's now it's your problem to like make time for it mm. but I think it also should be normalized like pick out new hobbies as an adult like I love trying new things and like finding new hobbies through like you know like my friends like oh I'm doing this thing I'm like cool I'm gonna try that too you know things like that
1: yeah like when I was a kid I used to stay up to like 2 3 a.m and like read a book like if I really liked a book I would just buy it like say we go to the store on Sunday. And buy a book, I would have it finished by like 3 a.m. that day. (laughs) Yeah. And then now, if I stayed up till 3 a.m., I would just be. Well, I just wouldn't stay up till 3 a.m. now because I know that the next day I would be miserable. Yeah. But I don't remember being miserable back then. No, maybe I just had more energy. (laughs) I know. And yeah, the other thing is like the cost as well. True. It's kind of hard to weigh up, you know, do I want to save money or do I want to spend like twenty bucks on the bouldering class or you know, is that twenty bucks gonna go towards dinner tonight? Or am I gonna spend that twenty bucks on picking up mm. a knitting set that I never use? Especially
0: <laughs> with like increased cost of living right now. I think a lot of people would be sacrificing the cost of their hobbies for just like everyday things that they need.
1: Yeah, yeah. I find myself feeling guilty if I'm spending too much money on fun time mm. because then I'm like, oh no, I should be saving or I should yeah. be spending money on healthy food at home rather than like doing something in the city and having lunch in the city for example yeah
0: yeah also speaking of money i think it's super interesting as well that so many people monetize their hobbies these days and turn it into like a side hustle because Mm. i feel like if you are i think it's really normal now if you are passionate about something and it's like oh i love like, for me, I'm like I, in, like, lockdown, I was making all these earrings. And I loved making earrings. And then so many people were like to me, like, oh, you should sell them. And I, I, I honestly considered it. But then I was like, well, no, I'm just doing this, like, for fun. And I feel like if I turn it into something where I want to make money, then it'll take all the fun out of it. And I feel like for a lot of people, like, sure, like, turning your hobby into, like, a side hustle or even just your main business can work for you but I just don't feel like it should be normalized that your hobby has to be turned into uh, a money-making thing well yeah and no, it takes the joy out of it right mm.
1: That sort of yeah this like you know hustle culture which I'm super against yeah like I'm quite a big fan of downtime yeah <laughs> so yeah it's like why do you have to monetize everything it's very like capitalist in I a know. bad
0: way I like, know I don't like it like when I like like a lot of my hobbies end up with, like, a product, like, sewing or making earrings or jam or whatever. And I instead, was saying I'm not going to keep all that stuff myself. So I love giving those things as, like, presents to people instead because I feel like, oh, it's really nice, like, it's a homemade thing. But also, yeah, I'm like, I don't want to make money out of it. I just want to do it for fun
1: and then share it with my
0: loved ones, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah, it's such a weird attitude of, like, oh, you always have to be working and, Mm. like, building a brand for yourself, building a business for yourself. It's like, why? Why can't I just, like – enjoy my life mm, like exactly. why does it have to be this thing you attach value to
0: exactly yeah.
1: so yeah gonna do something a bit different today I actually we have a special guest interviewee to yeah bring a different perspective on hobbies someone who's very big into hobbies and this is my better half <laughs> my, uh, my boyfriend Tom so hey Tom Hi. how are you <laughs>
2: I'm good. How are you?
1: I'm good. So, it's your first time being interviewed. Is this yeah. your first podcast you've featured on?
2: As far as I know, yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, that's exciting. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> so, Tom, tell, tell us about your hobbies.
2: Um, so, I mean, I try lots of different things, mm-hmm. um, but like, I generally aim for hobbies that have very high variety but low investment so i guess the main ones would be like reading uh, video games kind of like creative media i guess i don't know all that kind of stuff um, also more like i guess personal to my circumstances is like i do lots of programming stuff but that's like part of like i don't know my upbringing and my career and stuff like that um i don't i kind of don't aim for, like, hobbies that require, like, high investment. Like, I guess anything really physical is, like, I don't know, like, I don't know, woodworking, for example. Like, you need a bunch of tools, you need, like, to buy wood, like, you need space to do it. It's kind of hard to try that hobby out without having to invest a lot. So, that's all the kind of hobbies I go for. Um, Ooh,
0: that's a good point. Mm. And, yeah. That's Cool. Um, how do hobbies play a role in your life?
2: Um, I see hobbies as kind of the primary, one of the primary sources of experiences in your life, and like, and therefore like a primary source of life satisfaction. Um, for me, like, for everyone really, the human brain is like wired to like novel experiences, you know, experiencing new things, seeing things in a new light, or reimagining existing things they already know. Like that's like directly wired into your brain, and that gives you life satisfaction out of one of the chemicals, brain chemicals. Um, So, like, trying lots of different things is going to give you lots of enjoyment and kind of, like, has a compounding factor because of, like, that reimagining thing. So you might see something you've done before in a different light. You know, for me, I don't like repeating the same experience. So that's why I like high-variety things. So, you know, seeing something that's similar or just the same thing with uh, the same coat of paint isn't fun for me. Um, or interesting for me. So, yeah, life satisfaction, um,
1: yeah. Would you turn your hobbies into a side hustle?
2: Um, generally, no. Um, I don't pursue my hobbies enough to, like, produce anything resembling a product. Um, my hobbies, pretty much the output of them is something I, you know, just for me and something I almost never show the world or show anyone really. Um you know, uh, I do have kind of an experience here it was like my main hobby of programming when I grew up, or when I was growing up, or even when I was in uni it became my job. But that was kind of always the intention, um, and like the consequence of that is like, well, it's a trade off really. Like I've gotten huge beneficial like benefits from in my career because of that because I've been doing it for so long and I was really passionate about it. I'm very passionate about it. Um, But like the trade-off there was that now in my own time, I don't do nearly as much like programming stuff or like, I I don't know, I just spent like eight hour days just like messing around with my computer and stuff and doing programming and I don't really do that anymore. Um, I think that trade-off was good for me because now I have a good career, but applying it to something else or applying it like, I guess, again to my programming or like things I do in my own time probably wouldn't be a good trade-off for me because it's like another main hobby or something gone.
0: Yeah. Um, Yeah, I guess you kind of covered it a bit just then, but how have your hobbies changed as you've started working?
2: Um, Time-wise, they haven't changed too much. Like, I still spend a similar amount of time.
1: That's good. Um, Well, you work from home.
2: Yeah, well, now I work from home, um, and I've always, like, kind of strived to, I don't know, don't have commute or minimise commutes, because I find that like, really dead time really bad. Um, But, you know, I work from home now, so now I have a zero commute, which is good. Um, The uh like when I was younger like I was in school and then I was in uni so I've always kind of had a pretty big time investment outside of I don't know my post like downtime or whatever so like it's become very normal for me to kind of have a section of my time every day dedicated to not me time and like I think I've been generally good at balancing that um but uh yeah like I said like the type of hobbies i do has changed a bit um another factor is like financial like i can afford to do a lot of hobbies now when i was younger i did not have money at all so all my hobbies were kind of like stuff i could do for free or i mean you know low investment high variety so um
1: yeah what would you do for free
2: um like i mean video games is still a big one or like reading right that's all like very cheap to do or yeah. even free to do if you Spend enough time um, on it. You pirate them. I mean, (laughs) yeah, yeah, like, video game piracy is definitely something everyone does as a kid, and, but like, I mean, there are plenty of free experiences to find in, like, video games, or just on the internet.
0: Yeah, or, like, reading, go to the library, you
2: know. Yeah, reading, going to the library, or just, like, reading web fiction. Oh, true. Like, (laughs) there's so much, like, I, I mean, I think most people, if you, and you can find pretty much any experience you want online for free, um, and you definitely might miss out on some like you know, more popular stuff if you don't have money but you can get by i think
1: yeah but so what do you do now with money
2: well now i can just i don't have to like spend it's it's more like i spend a lot less time looking for experiences and more just like i don't know almost buy my way into an experience or into a hobby like um you know i can buy a better computer or buy cool stuff that i like and buy video games that i like and not have to really worry about if they're going to not be something I don't enjoy um like I don't know if I buy like a $60 video game now and I end up hating it I there's options to now you can refund a lot of video games these days and also like if I end up actually hating it and I can't refund it like that's not the end of the world for me Um, Mm. it's not something I saved up for for like over months or weeks yeah that's good
1: Yeah, that's interesting, because, yeah, like, we're talking about when we were kids, we had more time for hobbies. Obviously, your parents pay for everything. Mm -hmm. When you're a kid, like, my parents paid for all my sports and stuff, and now I pay for my sports. But, yeah, I feel like, for me, it hasn't changed that much what I
2: like to do. But, like, growing up and being an adult also gives you, like, a lot more flexibility. When you're a kid, you can't – you have to convince your parents that you – that they should let you do a hobby Um. or let you try something – When you're an adult, you are free to make the mistakes yourself, or (laughs) or even if they end up being a good idea also, um, I find that's better for me.
1: Yeah. So what what would your tips be for someone who wants to kind of achieve that balance that you've got of having like me time and downtime? So sort of like what, what do you do to, yeah, just like have time for your hobbies or to prioritize them?
2: I mean, there's a lot of factors for different people, like financial, social influences on their life. So it's hard to give like blanket advice because people's circumstances might yeah. make that com- yeah, a complete non-starter. Um, and like the modern world, especially, has lots of distractions, and like the five-day work week isn't receptive to living a good life for most people. Where most people are now working a nine-to-five, five days a week. Um, you know, they have to do all those things, like when they come and like cleaning house and housework and stuff like that, and Realistically, that doesn't work for a lot of people. Um, but I think for most people, or a lot of people, maybe um, they don't have a, like a conscious sense of their priorities. Like, um, you know, people can say like, "Oh, I'm unhappy that I didn't get enough time to spend on this hobby or anything like that." But it's kind of like something underlying, rather than something they really sit down and think about. Um, or maybe they're aware of it and they don't do anything about it. Um, which is probably the worst thing. Like, if you're unhappy, you should try to change that. Um, and sometimes that's hard, but I don't know. Maybe that's just life. Um, but yeah, a lot of people like fall into the flow of just doing things or being pressured to spend more time than it's worth for them at work or doing other things they don't actually love doing or whatever. So if you think of something like hanging out with friends and family or making time to see them, like that's perfectly socially acceptable um, in any, like, reasonable workspace, or even slightly unreasonable workspace, if you said, hey, I need to spend some time with my family, like, no one would care, or bad an night, really, it would be completely fine, um, the fact that that's not the same for hobbies is weird to me. That shits me, yeah. yeah. Um, like, you know, if you, you can, you can kind of think of it as, like, even a health thing, like, if you're not enjoying your life, or you're burning out on work, or not doing the things you love, like, that's going to affect your health both mentally and physically over a long duration of time. Yeah.
0: But, yeah, no, I think hobbies, yeah, I think you're right. Like, I think it's super important for, yeah, like, the, your value of life. hmm Sorry, not value, quality of life. No,
2: yeah, quality, so quality of life. Like,
0: if you're at work and
1: you're like, I need to leave early for a friend's birthday dinner, everyone's fine with that, but it's like... I need to leave early because it's I... like pottery class, like... Yeah, pottery class or... Oh, I mean, I do know a lot of workplaces that, like, respect that. Oh, do they? That's good. Like, people who have, like, a class, they leave earlier or something. But, yeah, yeah, it is, like, a social thing of... It's almost, like, it's, o- it's okay to do something if it's for someone else, but it's not okay to do something for you, even though it is for you in the end. Like, going yeah. to a friend's dinner is still, like... It's still about you in a way just the way it's externally framed is not about yeah me. yeah or like people being like i really go see my kids violin recital like cool you know
2: <laughs> yeah i mean i have i mean my kind of uneth- not really unethical my ethical life tip is to lie about it um say your job <laughs> no. go to your job and go like i've got to go see my grandma or something um <laughs> do that. but really you want to do something no, not really. But I mean, if you're in a position where you feel like you might get judged for that, I'm not yeah. really gonna put the <laughs> onus on you to like step out of your comfort zone and try to like just take on that pressure. But you also shouldn't trade off and go um and have like a bad time and stay at work or whatever. So
0: yeah, fair. I
2: mean, realistically, like when's the last time so- like you're if you're at work and like one of your random coworkers says they're gonna go see you, like their dying grandma, like you're probably gonna forget about it twenty minutes later, so like it doesn't really matter. True, very true. Um, as long as you're not doing it like every day and then becomes like, I don't know, a problem for your career.
0: Oh yeah, you don't get fired
1: over
2: it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like that's
1: not ideal. <laughs> but like he's had five grandmas die now.
2: it's like realistically like realistically, <laughs> like, realistically that like the reason I don't know, you're going to spend like going for me time isn't important for your job or your workplace. So just choose the best answer that Socially is okay for you. Um, And if you're feeling brave, just be honest about it and then make it more normal for everyone else because that's good. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah.
2: Sometimes I just like go and go. I'm like, okay, I'm just going to go do whatever I want. I don't want to work anymore. And that's like the only way that becomes normal is like, I don't know. Well, I don't want to put like the pressure on the common people, but the only way it becomes normal is if everyone just becomes okay with it, like, because it's a completely social thing um but yeah for me like more personally like you know I've gotten actively good at being quick at my job like not and not taking on a lot of responsibilities and if I do get too many responsibilities or even if I don't get enough responsibilities like my priority becomes changing that so if that becomes like I don't know changing what I'm working on or Delegating tasks to other people and I don't know, calling it opportunities for them, like that's one thing <laughs> to do. Like it's just whatever you need to do. Like that's what I mean by like conscious, conscious sense of priorities, um, and changing your circumstances to fit. Obviously, sometimes that's not possible for you. Um, so yeah, it's entirely individual. So yeah, like I don't know, like a broad summary of that is like figure out where you want your time to be allocated, then figure out a plan on how to get there that means doing less work or different work then probably best for you because can you really imagine keep doing like what you're doing now for 10-15 years maybe maybe not I don't know um and the other tip I'd probably give is like get over your fear of trying new things assuming you have one (laughs) you know human brains are wired with these kind of contradictory instincts of wanting to be safe and comfortable Um, in familiar territory. Uh But there's also, like, if you're always safe and comfortable, you both don't grow, and you also get, like, depressed, because you also have this other instinct that makes you want to experience new things or, you know, have novel experiences. Um, And those instincts, like, contradict each other or at odds. But the first one doesn't really make any sense anymore, because, you know, we're not hunter-gatherers and not, like, um, you know, two days away from starving to death. (laughs) Um, Or in a, you know, different society we have society now so you know we live in a society or whatever
1: <laughs> we sure do <laughs> um
2: so you know you kind of have to, i don't know being aware of that fear or that instinct is the first step to kind of conquering it and, yeah
0: also yeah. like if you're too scared to try something you could be the next van gogh and not know because you don't get painting to try so <laughs> Well,
2: yeah, I, I don't know if I put that pressure on someone.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, but as in, like, you can be, like, really good at something. Or just, like, super love something, but you don't know. You don't
2: give the go. But, I mean, the other way, as you can see, is, like, you could really be bad at something, too.
0: That's the thing, yeah. But you'd
2: really enjoy it, I don't so think yeah. You don't
0: have to be good yeah. at a hobby to love it. That's yeah. me with sport. I'm so I'll bad say, at yeah. sport. But it's just fun.
1: Yeah, I've always enjoyed it, but I've never... I was never going to be in the top yeah. team or
0: anything. Well, I feel like sport is a really good one because... Well, for us especially because we do social sport with our friends, it's like killing two birds with one stone. So we get to see our friends once a week yeah. and we get to like do a hobby that we love. And it's exercise. It's like killing three birds with one stone. It's great. Yeah, it doesn't feel like exercise. No, but
1: it is, which is great. Well, I think that's all our questions, but no, thanks for that. Thank you, That Those a really insightful. No problem.
0: Let's go. <laughs> All right, so we'll quickly finish off the app with our recommendations of the week to distract you from your coronavirus life crisis. Rach, what are yours this week? So I have a show and a
1: book to recommend. I've just sort of started both of them. So maybe they'll go bad. I don't know. But anyway, <laughs> enjoying them so far. I've been watching Fisk on Ivy. Oh, yeah, love like, it. Yeah, I've never heard of it. But it's it's really good. I don't normally like Australian shows. But no, can you find It's Flanagan's filmed on job. Arrow
0: Street. In yeah, yeah, I noticed. Oh, that. I thought like you told me that, didn't you? <laughs> oh, did I? I think so. And I was shocked. I thought it was filmed in like Chapel Street or something for some reason.
1: No, yeah, it's Errol Street. Yeah. Well, they have like, always the fifty-seven tram in like the yeah. scene, dividers or
0: whatever. Yeah, I love Kitty Logan. Yeah,
1: she's be copywriter. Fun fact. Really? So. Huh. Yeah, he has a lot of like writers who's like comedian started copywriting. Anyway. Um, and then my book I just started reading last night and I'm really enjoying it is called, just let me get my Kindle, sorry. Ooh. It's called Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow by Gabrielle Zevin. So one like the Goodreads best book of the year uh-huh. and stuff. Yeah, it's really good. It reminds me a lot of like, um, like John Green books or like Rainbow Rowell. That's sort a of little like, uh, YA romance yeah. fiction things, um. Yeah, no, it's really good. It's about these like two people who like develop a video game together, um, and it sort of goes through like the timeline of their life. Yeah, but yeah, it's it's, it's well written. I'm enjoying it.
0: Nice. Alright, what are your works? Um, Well, mine's a really basic one this week. Um, but the Megan and Harry doco. Oh yeah, so good. It was. I yeah, I watched. Like, obviously, it came out like the first part last week. The second part this week. Oh, I, this will come out on Monday, obviously. But yeah, if you haven't watched it yet, watch it. It's so good. Like. I don't know, I just, like, I'm not a royalist at all, but I love the drama of it all, so that's why I love it, um, and, like, Spicy Tea comes out, 100% I'm on Meghan and Harry's side now, I feel like they have won this war, um, (laughs) anyway, love it, uh, and I also have a book to recommend, um, it's a book that has got me back into reading, which I'm so happy about, like, I've actually smashed it out in a couple days, I'm about to finish it, um, called The Mother-in-Law by Sally Hapworth, who's an Australian author. Um, And I know she's written a lot of books, but I've never read one of her books before. Super easy to read. I I think the ending is going to have, like, a twist or something. Well, I hope. Um, I don't know if it's going to be really obvious. But (laughs) it's just, like, a good, easy read. It's fun. Um, Well-written, good characters. I really like it. Nice. Yeah. Well, I think that's it for today
1: hope you guys enjoyed our little chat and interview yeah
0: and we will be back in your ears next year have a good christmas bye We would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land of which we have recorded this podcast on today the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation we want to pay our respects to elders past present and emerging and acknowledge that this always was and it always will be Aboriginal land sovereignty was never ceded